Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to another installment of Battle Red Radio. I'm your host, Colt Molesky, and just... Like every single Sunday, I'm coming to you with producer Nico. We are looking back at a day filled with football. We're looking back at the Houston Texans week two game. Lots of action. Nico, it was an exciting football Sunday. We were talking a little bit as we were getting set up, but there was nine games decided by one score, and there was a lot of fourth quarter scoring in a lot of today's games, plenty of games saw double-digit fourth quarter scoring. Exciting day of football overall. Oh yeah, most definitely. This is a. Uh, I feel like this has just been a really exciting season because everyone's. I feel like way worse than we thought they were going to be. So these games are way closer than any right to be. There seems to be a lot more teams in the middle than sliding towards really good or really bad, doesn't there? And so I think that's made for just kind of hold on to the seat your pants type football where you're not really sure what's going to happen, but you know that it's going to be a fun ride. At least it has been for the first two. The first two weeks have been pretty massive roller coasters as far as the scores, the results. Teams never seem to be truly out of it. It's been a lot of fun and I'm sure that there's some team, if you're a fan of one of the teams that's on the losing end of some of these efforts, it feels like sloppy or it's a little bit of a a de-escalation of the adrenaline for you. But for the most part, these games have been wildly entertaining. And I don't know, I, I feel like we see this for a couple more weeks just because I think the talent disparity, I don't think it's just teams being sloppy. I don't think it's a lot of turnovers in some of these games. I think that there's just a pretty even dis- distribution of talent across the NFL. What do you think? Yeah, I definitely feel like, you know, coming up out of this new year, I feel like we're barely really getting back to, like, this feels like the first real year of football to me. I mean, I feel like mm. the past, you know, few years because of the pandemic just been such a wash to everyone that, like, everyone's got to come back from it. No, I... I I would agree with you, and I I do think that this does feel like the first year, you know, back. You've got full stadiums everywhere, and yeah, it does feel like we are back in the flow of a season that we that we're used to seeing. And in speaking of used to seeing football and getting back into things, let's get into this week two matchup. We had the Houston Texans on the road against the Denver Broncos. Going to get into some reactions here, uh, get into a little bit of the game. But I think the question on everyone's mind is, what is this Houston team going to look like, right? What are we building towards? And I think, Nico, that this might be the Texans this year. It seems that Lovey Smith is very comfortable, as you saw throughout this game, throughout the first game, 
in a game that they lost 16 to 9 but they seem to be in control of for a lot of this game you think about how I mean there was only a series of field goals in the first half you had them coming out grabbing that interception going down the field and getting a field goal so then you're up nine to six in this rock fight and it felt like they were really in this game pretty much the entire time there was never a time where it felt like they were outclassed and a lot of this is safe playing field position, not overextending yourself, not wanting to make a crucial turnover that was going to hurt you or, or burn a young quarterback. I think that you're going to see the Texans play it really close to the chest most of the time. You're not going to see them overextending a ton. I mean, you look at some of their passing plays, you had some long throws to Brandon Cooks, to Nico Collins, but a lot of this was kind of grinding it out, finding finding some outlet passes uh, and plenty of safe football they really got back to running the ball or I guess it's the second game of the season I should say they really found the running game this game averaged 4.4 yards per carry he had 15 attempts from Damian Pierce good to see him take over that starting spot but really this team wants to make it a little messy, wants to make it uh, a little bit of a slog, and they want to play that field position battle. And you've seen this through a couple of games. Uh, the, they will try and go out and test. You saw some of that from from Davis Mills going out and testing some of those uh, those corners, and you had some longer passes to the receivers. But also his inaccuracy is is hurting him a little bit and there's a lot of pressure getting through that offensive line I think you really saw that today but you had them wanting to play a style of defense where they're bending not breaking again and maybe that's just watching them against a Colts team that might very well be terrible and a Broncos team that really struggles in the red zone I mean they had I believe it was nine plays inside the 10-yard line of the Texans, and they came away with a couple of field goals. And you have all that offensive talent. Sutton had an insane game. I know Judy went out early, but you still have speedsters like Hamler. They have some nice tight ends uh, that they can toss to. They have Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon. And so they have a bunch of guys, and they struggle so much in the red zone. And the Colts, clearly something is wrong with the Colts. You saw them get walloped by the Jaguars. So maybe this is just offenses that really aren't that great. But as far as a two-week sample size, it looks like the Texans have a real bend in their defense, but they stiffen up in the red zone. I mean, you see that even Derek Stingley had a tough game today, and I don't think that pass interference call was on him, but I don't think that was – probably the proper call I should say but you see him bouncing back in the end zone from that call and making some nice plays and Sutton he went off for 122 yards but there's some pieces there but again I think they just are out to muck it up and play field position and whether it's the inaccuracies of the quarterback whether it is the offensive line not letting some of these more complex plays develop I uh, or you really finding a rhythm of any kind. It really feels like they are comfortable playing in this style where it is going to be very low-scoring games. Uh, but 
don't know if you're not making these big mistakes and you're not giving up huge plays to the to the opposition uh, all the time. I think then you're going to find some success, and it seems like at least in the first two weeks, that's the niche that the Houston Texans have carved out is mistake low and uh, mistake low and risk averse football where you really are playing field position might not be that interesting might not might not be the most highlight conducive football but they're in these games and they seem competitive even though the talent disparity is pretty wide at least on first blush if you're looking at some of these teams it seems like the talent disparity shouldn't be that close but these games are ending up close and so the Texans might have found their might have found their identity for the season. I'm not sure if this is going to change too much. We'll see how development plays a role in this, but that might be their identity for this season. We're going to get into a couple of segments here, but before we do that, let's hear from Corey and a sponsor. Okay, everybody, let me tell you all about the Adventure Begins Comics Games and More Adventure Stadium. That's right. And we already know about the great and wonderful comics and, tra- and trading card store they have on the first floor. They also now have on the second floor a sports memorabilia store and sports trading cards. It's awesome. Get up there to the stadium right there at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard, Suite 130, the second floor above the, the original Adventure Begins, in the Marcel Town Center. Make sure to check them out. The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and more. The Adventure Stadium. Let me tell you guys about the latest party to hit the Houston scene, Custom Geek Parties. Everything from corporate team-building exercises, geek-themed weddings, RPG parties, board game parties, cosplay parties, and more. Call Gamers Inner Circle Geek Party at 281-746-4260. Gamers Inner Circle Geek Party at 281-746-4260. Gamers Inner Circle, are you in yet? All right, so let's do some initial reactions right here as well as who made the game for each team. So the initial reaction, we got into a little bit off the top, but the initial reaction was this defense might be the best part of this team. (laughs) It might be the defense. They are really great at finding moments where they're going to get after the quarterback. Again, this game, they had seven QB hits. They had three sacks, five tackles for loss. You had the interception was really just a insanely good play from Christian Kirksey to tear that ball away and force the interception. Only allowed six points in the first half, 16 points overall. And, I mean, there were some drives like you look at that drive where you had the, I would say, iffy call. I, I'm not trying to be a homer. There was definitely hand fighting, but Stingley was back towards the football when that thing was coming towards them. And so if you take away that pass interference penalty, there were most of these drives were really stalled out pretty early on. And they Denver Broncos struggled again. This might be just uh, a symptom of them playing a Denver Broncos team that doesn't really seem to have it figured out. I thought they would click into a higher gear this week after a really bad start to their season against the Seahawks. But Clearly, they're having some issues. There was a couple of times where they had delays of game because it didn't even look like they knew what they wanted to do if they wanted to go for a field goal, what the play was going to be. So there's clearly some issues on their side of things. But 
you know what, you can only play the guy in front of you. And as far as the guy in front of them, the Texans played the Broncos pretty well through three quarters. And even at the end of that game, you still had a shot to try and go down the field and get something going. So the initial reaction, I think, from this game is that this defense might be a little better than we anticipate going into this season, despite their depth issues at some positions. I think who made the game for this Texans team, I kind of want to say the coaching staff for the Denver Broncos. Nico, what do you think? I feel like that was the person. I mean, if you want to talk about coming yeah. up big, the Broncos coaching staff, I think they they might be a little bit of a mess. Uh, Yeah, they're definitely 100% a mess. This will definitely be something my brother is going to talk about like 100% of the time because he he literally called me earlier and was like this is the worst coach I've ever seen in my life. It was it is kind of baffling how they're running this this team with just how much talent. I mean, you go through the roster and it feels like a stacked team and I think that's where you saw the excitement when you add Wilson to this team going into the season. I think that's the excitement is pretty warranted when you're looking at some of the names on this roster and then just the confusion and bewilderment that this team possesses going through a game. Very strange. In all seriousness, I think the the player who, who made the game, I mean, it's Rasheem Green, right? He had five total tackles, uh, one and a half sacks, a tackle for loss, two QB hits. This guy, it felt like he was kind of in the backfield of the Broncos the entire time. And coming off the edge, they played him a couple different spots, but really just coming off that edge, he was really owning his matchup, and he was enforcing his will. Pretty much it felt like that entire game, especially in that first half, I really liked I really liked the way he played, and I thought it spoke volumes about a team. You know, they're not super deep in that front seven like we talked about in the, the preseason, but the guys up there are playing their tails off. What about you, Nico? Off the top of your head, is there a player that kind of made this game for the Texans? Uh, man, I'm just going to have to agree with you there because, I mean, like, it's just such a – like, when you just – like, it feels like he just starts on the other side of the line. Like, he's just <laughs> he's just always back there. It could also be A.J. Kane who landed on two – the two Davis Mills fumbles, the guard, their guard. Uh, but <laughs> we'll get we'll get to that in a second. Let's go to uh, the segment of Sunday evening, Love It or Leave It. This is where I pick one thing that I am hoping they bring into next week. And one thing that I'm really hoping stays in week two. So let's get to love it. I've already talked about the defense enough. I'm going to say Damian Pierce touches. He looked really good today. I thought there were some really awesome moments from him. I think he's one of those backs where I don't know if there's going to be a ton of like flashy breaking away for 20-yard runs. I think he's one of those backs that, you know what, you just grind it out and give him the ball over and over again. But he's going to have a nice yards per uh, or yards per attempt average. So he had 15 carries, 69 yards, 4.6 yards per carry, and he also had a catch for eight yards. Again, I just think that the excitement about him was very much earned going into the season, and so to see him get those carries after a, a weird week last week where it seemed like they were hesitant to to go in and, and give him – all of that workload, I think that it would be 
even better if he I, I think that his sweet spot is probably going to be in that 20 to 23 carry range I think that he's one of those backs that's just going to get better the more work you give him the more that you put on his plate the more he's going to do and so I would love to see that carry number up next week but I love the touches for Damian Pierce I hope those go into next week those translate into next week because I think that that's somebody that you can lean on when you're trying to when you're trying to get a long drive going or I mean again we harped on this the other week but if you're up in a fourth quarter to be able to lean on a back there's so much value in that uh, the thing I'm hoping stays in week two, I uh, can we just say the sporadic quarterback play? I mean, Davis Mills, he didn't have a turnover. Uh, and I get that the defensive line for the Broncos in that second half played really well. They ended with three sacks, four tackles for loss, six QB hits. So there is that. But it's also, I mean, he... Davis Mills passed for 177 yards, but he threw 38 times in this game. His accuracy was kind of all over the place. It felt like there was a few times where he really missed some shots to Nico Collins, to Brandon Cooks. Uh, there were some sideline throws where I get they're tough, but you just got to make those, especially when Brandon Cooks can come down with those, but you got to make those throws earlier. I'm thinking about like in late in that fourth quarter that – Toe tapper Brandon Cooks where he's just out of bounds. That's just got to be a, a throw that comes out of the that comes out of the pipe earlier. Uh, and then you have the fumbles where it's oh my goodness, this game could have been this game could have broken wide open if those Davis Mills fumbles go a different way. And you're given extra possessions to this Broncos offense. I get that they were stalling and st stunting all over the place, but uh, they they were. <laughs> they were not efficient by any means, but you can't give teams extra possessions anyways. They won the turnover battle, but it's not for a lack of trying to lose it. And, I mean, Davis Mills, I get that the offensive line is spotty, and I'm sure we'll talk about this with that with Corey this week. But, Nico, you got to make sure that your that timer is going in your head, especially if the pass rush is really getting home, and you got to make sure that you're covering up that football uh, and you just you can't give them opportunities, and so the the sporadic up and down. I mean, it kind of you're kind of rolling the dice every time Davis Mills go out goes out there. You're not exactly sure what you're gonna get from him. It's a little all over the place, drive to drive. I'm hoping that evens out a little bit next week. Yeah, and I think that once he, because I mean, like if he can really sharpen up, then we can really start actually doing something because our defense is, I mean so far it looks really solid because I mean this is a super low scoring game like 25 points across the board that's crazy like no one would have thought that this was going to be what we did but I mean like we shut them out most of the game very very low scoring so if we can just put points on the board then you know there's a very real chance that we have a season on our hands and I mean and I mean with the how terrible the rest of the <laughs> division's doing. We're, we're like in second place right now. I, I mean, just to put in comparison, I mean, 25 points in a game. You had the Miami Dolphins score 28 in the fourth quarter. You had the Jets and the uh, and the Browns combine for 30 in the fourth quarter. You had 16 points from the Cardinals alone. The Cardinals on their own scored 16 points in the fourth quarter. 
the Falcons on their own scored 17 points in the fourth quarter. So 25 points, that's a crazy low-scoring game with how the NFL is built. So again, this is the sty- this is clearly the style of play they want. This is clearly the rock fights they want to get into. That's fine. But if you're trying to win a game in a fourth quarter that's one possession, you just got to know what you're going to get from your quarterback. Even if that's like the Teddy Bridgewater-esque where it's a very and I know this has kind of turned into a buzz uh, a, a buzz label, but the game manager quarterback. I know that that's been frowned upon in some settings. There's some people who don't like that. But if you can get a game manager quarterback who you know what you're going to get from him, that's at least going to help. But sometimes Davis Mills goes out there and he looks crisp. He looks sharp. Sometimes he goes out there and it kind of looks like he just showed up to the team this morning. And, <laughs> and so it's that, that's got to even out a little bit. And I don't know. I mean, again, Damian Pierce looked really good. They gave him a lot of carries clearly leading the backfield this this week and so maybe if that becomes more of a role where he's able to turn around and hand it off and then obviously when you have a solid running game that's something you can depend on the play action gets better because defense is going to bite down and stuff is going to open up over the middle uh and you can do all sorts of stuff with that and those are going to be easier passes for him you can roll out with stuff like that so maybe as some of the other parts of this offense grows then Davis Mills will grow as well. But for right now, that's got to be the thing that stays in week two, hopefully. That's what I'm hoping. So final thoughts. Uh, what do we think about the Jeff Driscoll stuff? He's good for one play. He's good <laughs> He's good for one play a week. I kind of like it. I'm not going to lie. I kind of like a little – it's the – for a team that's clearly playing for field position in low-scoring games, it's a little pizzazz. I like it. It's it's definitely a weird decision and, like, doesn't put a lot of confidence in our new guy because, like, we're trying to sharpen him up, but we're just like, yeah, throw the old guy there for one possession. I, it's I, like, why? Why even do this? I like that instead of instead of doing, like – like some teams will be like, you know what? Let's like, we have a really awesome receiver, so let's. They're not getting enough touches. Let's get them involved in like some sort of jet sweep or something. Or you know what? We like our tight end group. Let's do some sort of like tight end screen or something like that. Or let's do something where we have our running back who like motions over, and uh, then we get him in a bunch formation on one side, but then we throw to the like all this like creative stuff. And the Texans are like, you know what? What if just Jeff Driscoll just had one great carry every game? <laughs> like, I guess they're just keeping him employed, keeping keeping the numbers up, I guess. There's a chance that there's that Lovey Smith is just like, if you're gonna if you're gonna get paid, you're gonna sweat. There's gonna be some beads on that brow if you're gonna be out here cashing checks. Yeah, they're like, he's on the roster. We're gonna use him. We're gonna use the whole roster. We're gonna use all fifty three men. And uh, there's there's no two ways about it. One other file, one other note that I had before we head out here. I was surprised by the tight ends. I really felt like they could have gotten more from the middle of the field after that Seahawks game. And you had, I mean, Farrell Brown three for twenty four. Uh, you had OJ Howard one for seven. Brevin Jordan two for three. I, I don't know. And again, this goes back to some of the inaccuracies from Mills, but. It also felt like there was a lot they're playing out to kind of the sidelines and really wanting to test those corners on the the Broncos when 
it kind of felt like they could have probably had some matchups that they maybe could have utilized with the tight ends. But uh, I don't know. Obviously, the coaches, they're much smarter than me. Uh, the Houston Texans coaches. I think I could probably be a coach on the Denver. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But they're obviously watching a lot more film than I am. So they saw some matchups they liked. But I was surprised that the tight ends were not utilized more in this game. All right, I agree with that because, I mean, like, if you saw it, you should have just taken it. Like, sometimes you got to not look so introspective and be like, hey, they're really bad at this. We should just do that. Yeah, yeah. What? I mean, like, to each his own. But, I mean, also our quarterback needs to be better. <laughs> so, you know, I've got, tough. I've got one question. This just came to me, and right, I'm just going to throw it. Nico, how many more games do you think the Broncos win than the Texans? Like full, oh, full on realistic. Just give me the most realistic, no fan perspective. How many more games do you think the Denver Broncos win than the Texans? Two, like at best. I was gonna say three. I think it's not that many. <laughs> I don't think it's crazy. many more. But they're in a. Crazy I, I think tough one of them division. is the one we just lost. <laughs> I, I well, I think they're in a crazy tough division. I think that this coaching staff and this roster not gelled at all for whatever reason the the coaching staff game management stuff horrible i think that they might shoot themselves in the foot a few times and there's a chance that they go into november and they are struggling struggling still and they are searching for i don't know Let's, I don't know the, the Broncos schedule off the top of my head, but there's a chance they go into November and they're looking for win number like three or four. You know, it could be rough. This this team has a lot of problems. Yeah, and when that when that leadership and and because like stuff like you didn't put a punt returner out, like basic like <laughs> plays that are supposed to be happening. The stadium's counting down the play clock. Like. I know that no was, one oh has God, faith in you. That. The stadium counting down the playcock was so amazing where it's just like, let's just keep everyone informed. This is a group exercise. Yeah, they're like, clearly they don't know what a watch is, so we're going to tell time for them. Yeah, the, when it, the one delay of game they had were they got the delay of game because they had the offense out there, the offense out there, the offense out there, and then what was it like? I think it was at the 15-second mark. If memory serves, it was like 13 or 15 seconds left on the clock, and they're like, "Actually, you want? Know nah, let's kick the field goal. Let's do it. Let's kick the field goal. Let's let's be bad. Let's kick the field goal." It's like, what is happening right now? Yeah, it's 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 wonderful to see. You just love to see Paul. Like, it, it's so obvious that their management is bad. Like, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. It kind of makes me think like I've of seen the end of the Bill O'Brien tenure a little bit. And yeah, just, like they were making really weird decisions. Yeah. But even then, like this is this is not the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there's there's something to be said about and again, I I really like Lovey Smith a lot. But so maybe I'm a little biased, but there's something to be said about just an adult in the room who's just like this is what we're doing and this is the plan and this is what we're this is how we're going to execute it. And you know what? It might not work, but at least like we're not you know at least we're not messing around and we have a, a route that we're going and it's just just adults in the room i think you can really tell in, in how a team acts on the, the field and the game management game situation stuff when there's actual adults versus when it's kind of like 
<laughs> when it's kind of uh, running ram uh, ramshot a little bit, and it's it's a little bit of a mess, or maybe a lot of a bit of a mess in Denver's case. Yeah, basically football program run by eighth graders over here. You <laughs> can't decide. There's flipping coins in the sidelines. Like, all right, what play are we doing next? It's uh, it's wild. It's it's wild. But you know what? It was an entertaining game. And again, Houston's take the L. Houston takes the L nine to sixteen, and so they are going away from week two, oh one and one. But you know what? There's some good things to take away from that. We are going to be getting ready for the Bears this week. They're going to be in Chicago. Texans are going to be in Chicago. And so we'll have episodes throughout the week getting you prepped. Looking back, maybe a couple more times at the Broncos game. Looking at news throughout the week. By the way, speaking of news, glad Derek Stingley, after he left the field, healthy, happy for that. So all sorts of silver lines that you can take from this game and then we'll be looking ahead to the bears lots and lots of content coming at you throughout the rest of the week but for right now i'm colt molaski he's producer nico thank you for listening to another installment of battle red radio <laughs>